Weavers weaving at the break of day. Why do you weave a garment so gay? Blue as the wings of a halcyon wild. We weave the robes of a newborn child. Yes, I know you remember. The Nightingale of India, Madame Sarojini Naidu, had a beautiful poetic depiction of the weavers and it's named as the Indian weavers. I studied it when I was in my primary section around in class 4th or 5th. I don't really remember nicely and I did perform it very well in one of my vivas too. So I remember it really nice and today is the right moment to repeat it for all of you. You know I strongly believe that a good life is like weaving. Joanne Erickson has put it right way that energy is created in the tension, the struggle, the pull, the tug, are everything. But that's not my motto of the day. The motto of the day is to weave a few words out of the leftover tales. Guess the topic of the day? Well, it's something new, a little new, a little related to our old one, but yes, it's a very nice topic, a very important one, and goes on like apparent volume of distribution or simply volume of distribution. Welcome all to Is Pharmacology Difficult podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD Pharmacology, and this is the audio hub to get the best simplified basic tips, strategies methods and lots of ideas to learn better understand better and make your concepts crystal clear if you really find and if there's a question hovering in your minds is pharmacology difficult lend me your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge so once the drug enters the bloodstream it gets distributed the extent and the pattern of distribution that depends on variety of factors. So let me tell you the factors. The first one is the lipid solubility, then is the regional blood flow, then ionization at physiological pH and next is the binding extent to the plasma and the tissue proteins and lastly it also depends on the type and the amount of the transporters that are found. Now, just get an idea. The drug is in motion till the attainment of equilibrium state of the unbound drug in the plasma and the unbound drug in the tissue fluid. Now, once that particular equilibrium state is attained, then both the reserves, they start diminishing. And why they're diminishing? Well, that's a little common sense that occurs on account of elimination of drugs. Okay? Now, I'm going to directly come to our topic, apparent volume of distribution. It is defined as the volume of fluid at most necessary in order to withhold or contain entire amount of drug in the body at equal or the same concentration as in the plasma. Well, I'm sure some of you did not get a single meaning out of this whole definition. And there's no big deal. Even I got to know about it after reading it so many times. So you have to go through that process. You listen to it again and again. You read it again and again. And then you get the meaning of what does it actually means or what is it. 
see we have a formula also for this apparent volume of distribution okay now as i start describing this apparent volume of distribution you'll get to understand the concept of what do you what do i mean by apparent volume of distribution see why i'm using the word apparent apparent means because it's not real it's apparent it's hypothetical we are imagining the whole body as a single homogeneous compartment and then we are giving one formula which goes on something like this the volume of distribution is equal to the amount of the drug in the body upon the concentration in the plasma at the time zero now time zero is the time when iv administration intravenous administration is done okay and in a very simple term volume of distribution is equal to the dose given intravenous upon the plasma concentration that's so simple right so apparent means it's a hypothetical it's not real because we are imagining body as a single compartment the body is not a single compartment right so just to derive a sort of a concept out of it now let's go back to the definition quickly so that i can explain you what does the definition mean now when you imagine the body as a single homogeneous compartment then what is volume of distribution it's the amount of the fluid that withholds or contains the entire amount of drug entire drug amount that is administered in the body at the same concentration as it is in the plasma that's really tricky but that makes a little sense better than the last one right okay now this whole concept of volume of distribution is quite essential it is useful to compare the drug distribution in body with the volumes of water compartments in the body that's the beauty and that's the essence of learning this volume of distribution so let's quickly get to know the distribution in the water compartments in the body now what are these different compartments that's very important we should know the names of the compartments and what is going on in the compartment that is important so the first compartment i want to talk about here is the plasma compartment it comes into work for high molecular weight drugs or highly protein bound drugs why because they stay limited to the vascular zone or the vascular compartment and when they're limited to a particular zone or compartment definitely the volume of distribution is low yes and very good example for such a condition for such a drug is heparin you can just imagine that this volume is 4 liters in a 70 kg person how low is it right now the next compartment in the body we should know is the extracellular fluid now just add up the plasma volume and the interstitial fluid volume and what you get together the sum is the extracellular fluid volume it's generally around 20% of the blood water or 14 liter approximately in a 70 kg person now the question that arises here it what is the importance of knowing this extracellular fluid volume well the role it is playing is that drug should satisfy the two norms the first norm is the drug should have a low molecular weight the second one is the drug should be hydrophilic and then 
such a substance or such a drug molecule easily crosses the capillary endothelial slits. It enters the interstitial fluid but not the lipid cellular membranes. Therefore, what happens? It has no access to the intracellular fluid. So where is exactly the drug? Don't wonder. The drug is present in the extracellular fluid. And very good related examples, they are aminoglycoside antibiotics. Okay? Now the last compartment that we ought to know is the total body water. For this, the drug is an overachiever. Now, what do I mean by saying overachiever? Because it satisfies both the norms that I told you before. It is having a low molecular weight, one. Secondly, it is having a good lipophilicity. And these two characteristics, when drug possesses, then it can cross all the damn membranes. It can cross all the damn slits. It gets to be distributed in 60% of the body water. That is around 42 liter in a 70 kg person. God gracious, can you imagine that? A great example to quote here is of the ethanol. Yes, that's the drug to quote here. Now, few more scintillating bullet points coming up to light up your way. The first one is highly plasma protein bound drugs. They have low volume of distribution because they stay in the vascular space. Good examples are warfarin and diclofenac. Second important point, if the volume of distribution is too large, its great amount stays in the extravascular tissue. And you know what is the horror of the situation? The drugs in the other tissues that are sequestrated or accumulated, they may have a volume greater than the total body water or the body mass. Say digoxin has 6 liter per kg, morphine has 3.5 liter per kg. So if God forbids any kind of poisoning ensues, then such drugs with large volume of distribution, they are not the cup of tea for hemodialysis. Don't ever go for it, never try it. Now, next point, diseases like CHF, heart failure, cirrhosis of liver, alters and in turn brings about C-wave changes in the body water distribution, in the membrane permeability, in the protein binding, in metabolite storage, which all may participate in drug-to-drug -drug displacement reactions. Yes, they are affected highly, greatly, you know. Suddenly a bulb glows and that gives you the last extra bullet point to cherish and treasure. If the volume of distribution is less than 5 liters, where is the drug? Well, it's in the vascular compartment. Examples are insulin, furosemide, heparin. If the volume of distribution is approximately 15 liters, now where is the drug? Well, it is Restricted to the extracellular fluid and examples are aspirin, gentamicin, detubocurarine and amoxicillin. And if the volume of distribution is more than 20 liters, where is the drug now? It is all over, throughout the body water. Examples are phenytoin, methyl dopa, theophylline. It may be hiding in the tissues also. Yes, it can collect there. 
Examples are digoxin, morphine, chloroquine. Now, in the end, I want to have certain reflections on how to determine the volume of distribution. Well, plot a graphical log of the plasma drug concentration denoted by capital C small p versus the time and you can extrapolate back the drug plasma concentration to time zero. Now what I mean by saying time zero that means that is the moment when intravenous bolus is given and then you can extrapolate it back on the y-axis and this gives the value of the capital C small o which is referred to as a drug concentration when the distribution occurred instantly. Well, that's a little tricky and quite very mathematical, but I explained it well. I hope it's well understood. The formula of the volume of distribution is equal to the dose upon the capital C small o. And capital C small o, I told you, by extrapolating back the drug plasma concentration at the time zero, you get this value refers to the drug when the distribution occurred instantly. Now let's quickly summarize the influence of volume of distribution and definitely it will affect the drug half-life. If the drug has large volume of distribution in such a state, very less amount of drug is available to the excretory organs. And if you increase the volume of distribution, you are increasing the half-life of the drug and drug becomes long-acting. Yes, so the concept to comprehend here is the amount of drug reaching for excretion to the liver and the kidneys decides the drug elimination. And the drug delivery to the elimination organs depends on the blood flow of that organ and the drug traces amount that is found in the plasma. So that's all dear folks. I've woven a lot worthwhile on this subject loom today. And you know, even Mahatma Gandhi said that he regards spinning and weaving as a necessary part of any national system of education. That's so amazing, right? For all the updates and latest episodes of my podcast, please visit www.spharmacologydifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter of mine. It actually contains a lot of updates about the medical sciences, drug information updates and my podcast updates also. You can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Insta, Facebook and LinkedIn. They all are with the same name is Pharmacology Difficult. If you are listening for the first time, do follow and subscribe whatever platform you are consuming this episode. Stay tuned. Do rate and review on iTunes Apple Podcast. Stay safe. Stay happy, stay enlightened, thank you!